Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box football podcast. Should Bayern Munich have a limit on how many Bundesliga talents they can buy? No, seriously. Leipzig's Dyer Upamecano follows Lewandowski, Götze, Hummels, Neuer, Pavard, Goreska, Sul, Gnabry and about 12 others in joining Germany's one and only super club in the past few years. Bayern cynically swipe their rivals' best players to better themselves and weaken their opponents. Sure, it's technically legal, but is it crippling the league's potential and should there be rules in place to stop it? Let's find out. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So during the Tottenham City game, it was mentioned that Hugo Lloris is one Rubbish. clean sheet away from a <laughs> hundred Premier League clean sheets. What mm. I wanted you guys to do was name the fifteen goalkeepers that have kept a um, hundred clean sheets or more. Okay, in Dave, the Premier League, David James. David James David is James. correct. Mark yes. Schwarzer. Mark Schwarzer is Brad correct. Friedel. Brad Friedel is also correct. Petr Tim Howard. Petr Cech is number one, yes. Tim Howard. Tim Howard is indeed, yeah. Um, we've got uh, Edwin van der Sar. Van der Sar, yep. Yeah. David De Gea. Yep. Um, Joe Hart. There are two that I think you might not get. But Joe Hart. Joe Hart was one, yeah. Pepe Reina. Reigns, yeah. Um, so you've got six more. Nigel Martin was the one that I didn't think you'd get. Ooh. Well done. Uh, uh, I've said zero here because everyone just keeps rolling them out, and I'm going to work. Okay, let's <laughs> see how much you can get. Not the floor, Ash. You're going to come in at the back post. The in a minute. How many do I? Have? You'll oh, get the obscure one. Fabianski. No. Um, yeah, oh, oh, um, Layman. Lehman is not one. What about um, Chesney? Schmeich- Schmeichel? We've not said Schmeichel. Have yeah, Peter Schmeichel is one. Yeah. Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> so four more. Um, hmm. Nigel Mark, well done, guys. Um, David Seaman? <laughs> yeah. I got, I got <laughs> Nigel Martin before David Seaman. That's bizarre. Um, <laughs> uh, Oh, oh, can't not Bartes. No, not there for long enough. Um, ooh, got three more. Can't be Cudicini, no. Not Cudicini. Cudicini. Al Munier. No, not Al. Paul Robinson. Not Paul Robinson. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, not bad shot. That was a good shot. Um, what about any of the recent guys, Allison? No. no, got to be close. Uh, so the ones that are left are before, obviously, Alison Ed- um, Edison. So oh, okay, the current guys. One of them was um, played for City, played for Newcastle. Fair given. Yeah, oh, yeah. well done. Ah. Uh, so two left. So two left. Give us the give us the eras that they give us like a five year stretch. So I'd say probably two thousand two thousand and five, maybe. Anti- I think maybe. one of them may have been a few years before the turn of millennium, so maybe like 98, 99, perhaps. Do you remember when Antini Amy was amazing? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the Sunderland keeper, yeah. Southampton. Southampton, yeah. But yeah, he was all. Um, so oh. one of them is Danish. Uh, oh, Sorensen. Yeah, Thomas Sorensen. And yeah. the other was a mainstay in the Bolton goal. Ah, uh, yes, Kalainen. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was because they're, they're sort of good I when they had him as a match attack. Yeah, <laughs> you I can't believe it's only quicker than I thought you would. I can't believe it's only fifteen. I know, I know. I was really way more. I thought like layman, like some of the guys that you said, I thought definitely would be in there. Yeah, I very rarely get to watch Monday Night Football. It's a shame because it's the best football program. Um, but they anyway, they were talking about. Um, they said one. Um, Premier League team that one Premier League winning winning Premier League team has had a um, uh, g- conceded more than a goal a game, and it got it like got me think because you usually think oh mo- you know mo- well, most of the best teams will keep clean sheets most of the time you kind of just presume that but I th- yeah I think the ratios are like you know 0.79 0.85 so it's like almost a goal a game so I guess 
Oh the, my God, is Harry using stats? The, the, the point I'm making is that... <laughs> what, what was the XG on all these? Uh, Don't get me started. On parallel XG. universe. The top, the top keepers, it, you know, you'll, um, you'll probably only keep, what, like 15 clean sheets a season? So that takes a long time to get to 100 when you think about it. You've got to be in the Prem for a yeah, while. Yeah. Before we get into the thick of things, I have a um, very brief question for you guys. With the return of Champions League football this week, <clears throat> the which everyone is uh, excited about, uh, apart from <laughs> half of you here. That's the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you think, I uh, just pose this question to you guys, do you think, um, particularly with obviously the fact that fans aren't in the games at the moment, um, whether temporarily or permanently, do you think they should do away with the, the away goals rule in the well in Europe? I guess I, d- I don't mind it to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind it either. I, I much, makes, makes I much if, if anything, I much preferred the one games uh, leg in a neutral oh, the, ground. Oh, yeah. like, like the latter stages of last season. Yeah, in the neutral oh. ground. Yeah, I much preferred that because. Oh. In, which I don't know. I think well, it, get, it gets rid of away away goals. Um, it's literally just a match between the two teams. You don't have to think about it. I think the thing with away goals is that it's you know it's even. You you both get that opportunity to go out there and score a goal mm. away from home. So it kind of it rewards teams for playing aggressively away from home, which would make yeah. it more entertaining football. That's why it was introduced. It yeah. was because teams were just when they would be more dominant at home because of the fans and then they, yeah, they went away they would just mm. Mourinho themselves and and um, uh, and it was just making for slightly boring football um, but obviously with the fans not there that kind of you know the, the dynamic of, of what an away fixture is has, has kind of changed I mean so okay that seems like universally you guys like the away goals rule anyway uh, sorry, generally, but what about for now? Like, should it just because obviously there is no well, there's very little home and away. I mean, I imagine that all depend on how much you think fans influence football matches, uh, yeah. which I believe is quite a large amount. So, I mean, like Roll was saying, with the well, t- to be honest, I don't think these Euro- European games should be going ahead anywhere. Yeah, for one, I don't think any of them should. I think we should. Everyone should stick to domestic football for a year, but obviously with the amount of money in the Champions League, no one's ever. Nothing's ever going to happen with that, so that's never going to happen. So then, I think the ne- next best thing would be one game, one leg games at a neutral venue. I think that would be the most fair thing to do. What uh, they need to I'm do not... is what they need to do is you know when the Champions League anthem and you know, the program starts and you see like the the Champions League stadium that's obviously made up. They need to make that. And have that as the neutral stadium. Oh, like Wait, it's not two teams playing at the same yeah. time. Two games at the same time. No, not two games at the same time. Obviously, but I mean, be, oh, you could have it like a like a kids tournament where that you yeah. can see them standing on the just, side waiting to come out in fifteen. Yeah, hours. that's what they do in basketball. They just have like a camp set up and they yeah. play games in that one. Area. Right. I think. I think it just makes. I think they they're keeping it to keep the excitement of the Champions League. Like what I said, you don't. If you scrap that, then it still allows teams to sort of play a boring, more defensive brand of football. So I think they're trying to keep some level of normalcy. Mm. Imagine you'd get you'd have the advantage in this regard, regard like if you're playing first. You know, if you got the home game first. Yeah. If you didn't have those like, away goals, you'd still have that advantage of playing at home first. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you could right. still go out there and smash it, and then sit back yeah. in the away thing anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I just generally love the away goals rule. It just, it doesn't ever feel like, oh, that's unfair, you know, that they, because every, everybody obviously understands the, the deal with the away goals rule, and doesn't sway the advantage towards the away team hugely, because obviously that's, you know, generally the away games are harder. Um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't, I, don't, I, I wouldn't. It's weird. We, we, we all agree that the away goals rule ain't that, ain't that much. <laughs> it's quite good. No, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's exciting. There's so many people who argue that it's like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Do not mm. understand it. If, if they were to get rid of it, then I think they'd already understand. They'd already uh, know that a one-legged match would be a, probably the next best thing. Yeah, it's what you, Ash, you mentioned excitement. that they should do one-game matches for health reasons, obviously during a pandemic. Yeah. But Ro, you you think they should do that as 
because it's a better alternative you think yeah. it's more exciting yeah i think so because like it puts more pressure like on on the match rather than if you go into the first leg and then you lose you go oh, we can always pull it back in the second leg it's like you haven't got that element it's literally mm. the 90 minutes and that's it do you still want that even when things get back to normal i'd put yeah i'd, I'd prefer that like like i don't mind the the um the away uh, goals rule at all but i just think for I think competition tournament wise, like in mm. the World Cup, you don't you don't have and obviously I know because you have a world each World Cup's in a different country, but you don't have like oh well you're traveling from one stadium to another, your class is the away team, you, you get the away goals. It's still what you know, one leg. Mm. I just I don't know, I, just, I feel like yeah, it, I think it'd be the home supporters that miss out in that in, in in if that was the case going forward. I mean you gotta think like if you're holding oh, no, a one-legged yeah. game in a neutral venue in a different country, then you'd have two sets of fans traveling there. Mm. So if you've got if you've got a home leg in your home country, the fans don't have to travel as far, and you know you can get like more <clears> local <throat> people and people mm. are in and around the ground, season ticket holders and stuff like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I guess the, I think the way the yeah. way that could work, um, and it would I don't think it would be it'd be so difficult, obviously logistically to to organise this. But as Ash says, like you know to 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 prevent the fans from you know not being able to travel and see their team you could do like a kind of end of end of se- you know i guess again it wouldn't really work with the internationals but like an end of season you all go to this let's say it was a neutral venue um and you will go to a, one city the champions league is hosted in this city switzerland and, yeah in, and then all the all the teams somewhere. go there so the fans can can kind of go there like they would would for the world cup go out for a week or two just stay, stay around as long as their team's around um, and just make it a bit more of a, but I suppose it would make it more carnival atmosphere. But I, I don't know. The, the, the Champions League feels different to a World Cup in that I feel like it's a kind of a bit more structured. Yeah, and it's like a reflection of who is the who is the best team in Europe. And I, I think having a kind of making it a bit more of a kind of lottery, you know, mm. d- d- you know, oh well, if you're all your players are fit at this certain stage and over this one game, then then you know you might might get through. But I think the Champions League is the Suppose as well, looking back, it's the Champions League. So like, it's a league. It's supposed to be a league, even when, um, obviously you're in the group stage. But then when you get into the knockout stage, you still have the element of being in a league, playing at home, and also playing it away. So I, I think, think I think obviously if you, if, if, <laughs> so get a obviously, European Super League going. Yeah, there's not enough support well, the, the, for that. I don't understand the, why. So the, 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 I don't get why it's such a big issue. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I understand like some of the logistics, like. It like, looks... Oh, ten out of the twelve teams can never be relegated because they've won the Champions League in the past. If you yeah. scrap that and like you have like some kind of nice well, system for getting in and out of the league, oh, you're I serious? Don't see an issue with it. Yeah. Oh, oh the... sorry. I was I was joking and sarcastic. <laughs> I'm vehemently against the Super League. Well, I'm not. Well, no, no. the format they've put in place where they're like you know the revised the rules. It's, it's, that is is dressed up specifically dressed up to make it seem as if no you know it's just a cut it, it's all done for it's all based around ma- maximizing as much commercial uh, like um you know potential for for the big clubs it will yeah. just mean the big clubs get richer and the small clubs find it even harder to get um, to get to create in a bigger disparity between yeah i i and, and and you can see every single time this never it is never the if this was a good move the little clubs would be for it but it's never that it's always barcelona man united real madrid Bayern munich they're all like yeah we're really up for this no piss off <laughs> um no, it's true. I completely agree. As I think it's just to create more power and give less power to the to the smaller teams. Yeah, but if, I, I feel like if if you could work it around somewhere, like I'm not saying that the mm. the format in which they have, like, yeah, you know, well, like console the concept the gen- generally. I think ideally that like, makes sense, but I don't yeah. think those powers that promote it would ever relinquish any less power than they wanted in the first. Instance. But I think if you just yeah, but I mean, I, I think like a, a league, like a European league, instead of a European knockout tournament, mm-hmm. I'd so like a compromise where you have the league, but they have less power and you give more power. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I, just, I prefer league football anyway. I'm not like overly hyped up about like cup football. Like, it never really. It, I just find a league league is a lot more entertaining personally. 
I was going to make a joke about you because you're <laughs> Go on. Some trophy But I think, I, I can't remember where I read this and I don't know how concrete it is, but I feel like I, I genuinely read that one of the motivations for this Super League, and as, as you said, I should take your point that the concept, you know, itself is sound. It's just maybe not with the current, you know, framework that the, the people who've presented it have set it up with. But I genuinely felt, I felt like I genuinely heard someone say or somebody reported to have said that they're doing this to stop things like Leicester winning the league again because they, because they, they see that as some... How kind of like tone deaf do you have to be? Like that's the, a well, neutral's favourite thing that's ever happened in football and yeah. they want to prevent that. UEFA was fuming that um, Liverpool and Barcelona was drawn in the semis. They wanted that to be the final because yeah, the amount yeah. of more money they would make. Yeah, it's, and it's, you have to stop football from, from becoming commercialised like, and, and all about money. Like that's, it, it will die a death if, it, if its focus is how do we... Yeah, you get the sense profit. that they, they just want the big names around. The, the big names, they want the big names to remain big forever because it's... Because it, it's concrete amount of income, you always get a good amount of money from these big names. And if a little name comes in there, that would make less money for a little while, unless that little name got very, very big. But that's going to take a long, long time. Yeah, I still, I still think. I mean, on, off the top of my head, you know, without I know Tottenham have money, but without, without a, a historically being a huge. European team or a challenging European team. I think Tottenham are the only one that I can think We've of. We've got two of. UEFA Cups, I'll have you know. Yeah, but like, I was kidding, you know, there's a lot of other clubs that have done it without a huge load of money, like Dortmund and Atletico Madrid and, and other clubs like that. But they've all had, you know, Dortmund won the Champions League in the 90s and, um, you know, frequent semi-finalists and stuff like that. Atletico Madrid have won domestic titles, you know, a lot. Well, not a lot, but, that you know, done it sometimes. But Tottenham, I think, are the only team that I can think of that, They've not, they're not penniless by any stretch, but without the, and they have got a billionaire owner, but without, you know. I think we're in the top 10 in the world now, so. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean. Top 10 richest clubs in the world. It's, it's, it's a shame that there's only Tottenham that have done that. You know, everybody else has either, you know, like Bayern Munich and Man United and Real Madrid kind of just developed through prolonged success at the top of this kind of immovable status as one of the biggest clubs or your Chelsea's, Man City's, PSG's who have bought their way there. It shouldn't ever be that those are the only teams that can that can have success. I was looking at the Bundesliga history uh, today on Wikipedia. I mean, Bayern Munich have won it nine times in a row. That's not good. That's what I was going to say to Roe. How come you don't mention other leagues as being farmers' leagues where one club is dominated, like you have Juventus in Italy, by Munich in Germany. Why is it only France that you seem to have this qualm of being there? Well, that's an interesting, interesting uh, argument <laughs> to bring up there, Mister Egby. Thank you. For um, obviously for the the latter stages of the season. Sorry in, to cut you off, by the way. In in Italy, you've had, you've got Juventus that have been like the dominant giants, but you know prior to that, you had you know Inter Milan, you had AC Milan, Milan. You had, I mean, well, just you had more, a lot more teams going for it. Uh, but you, you, had, know, you had that in France as well. I mean, Marseille won up it. until PSG came it, a thing. Yeah, it was and like then Mar- no touched them yeah. Yeah. Really. It was Marseille, yeah, Lyon. Uh, the gap, uh, I'd say the gap Bordeaux between a title. Like a PSG and a Lyon is so yeah. much bigger than a gap between like a Juventus and an Inter. Mm. Ro, I guess your your sort of focus on France being a farmers' league is that um, you know while yes, like Juventus and Pitt Bayern are doing exactly what PSG have done, at least the the teams below Bayern can compete with you know like yeah, like yeah. You know, I think your point is that PSG's trophy hall is just is just like a flipping it might as well be like playing in a like a farmers' league. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. where, whereas because the the level of um, uh, the competition, competition level, yeah. around them is not high Strong. enough to mean that those trophies mean anything. Whereas, even though Bayern Munich have a monopoly on the title, as do Juventus, hmm. their level of competition is is generally speaking you better. Say that, but the points gaps between, I mean, in, for Bayern Munich in second place has been like ten plus points. I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, look yeah, but I mean, but we would look at that we, team and tell me where there's a weakness at the moment. Like, I mean, the, PSG's teams only there's a weakness. I mean, no, 
come on, look, think about it. Look, if you look, buy Munich right now as a club and you know manager managerial wise compared to PSG, like you just see more of an actual team, more of actual identity. Whereas PSG, it's more like they're just in it for the money and the brand. Is yours your your corn sounds more with the culture and the ethics of the club as opposed to the so it's more like the the culture of they seem to be guys that turn up, they don't take things seriously, they mm. for themselves where you think there's more of a, a better yeah. boss at Bayern Munich. Yeah, and like run club thing. Oh no, yeah, I was having a discussion with my flatmate about it as well a little earlier. Um you'd think with the, the, the being quite a lot of similarities within the league and you know the positions of the teams in the league, um, you think when it comes to these competitions like the Champions League, you'd think that Bayern Munich potentially would you know flop because if they are a lot more successful uh, than the other teams in their league, then they've not really technically come across uh, anybody to give them you know a good enough match. Whereas, obviously, that's not the case because they've won it. Uh, and they do perform in the in the Champions League, and then you look at PSG that you know they do have their moments of brilliance, and they do have you know key players and good players in there, but they always seem to massively underperform in the Champions League. They always seem to just be like, oh, it's just PSG, like yeah, they're all right, but you know, and, and, they only got to the any, final, they didn't win it. <laughs> any any bang average team could really beat them. Well, yeah, like they got to the final, but everybody knew that was Bayern Munich's final from like the quarters. I think they they were always I, yeah. I I always compared them to City for for many years until really the the um, recent City team because they they for because obviously they had that kind of just jump into the into the top of the mainstream whatever you want to call it and mm-hmm. and I always felt that they suffered a little bit from a ident like a kind of um, you know self worth problem where they sort of thought we're not. As a t- you know how like clubs as you say clubs can have um, cultures and stuff and I almost wonder whether PSG have ever really fully accepted that they're a top European team even though they piss on all the domestic teams um, they've never really had the chance to um, you know establish themselves like when, when you know when when Chelsea did it they were lucky to have Mourinho come in and really just kind of go right you know this is the this is the um, the attitude we have we we are a club that deserves to be here and i think even with man city i know you got unlucky with some of the draws you got in the champions league but it took you a long time before you really f- yeah your domestic form was replicated on uh in europe and mm. i i wonder whether a, psg just still have that problem and b i guess it must be difficult when you are when the the level of i know i'm not trying to say that there are no good other good teams in in France because that's just not true. But the, when the level is such a jump from playing, you know, non and and you know Lorient every week, and then suddenly you're in the Champions League final against Bayern mm-hmm. Munich, like it must be quite hard to just maintain that level of performance. Because in the Prem, like every game's difficult. Yeah, I think like, yeah, that's what yeah, that's what I was basically trying to say with with my flatmate earlier. Like Bayern Munich are doing. The same as uh, Paris Saint-Germain, mm. but when it comes to the uh, Champions League, they don't seem to struggle as much as 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 PSG. And I thought that maybe that was down to the competition of, of the league. Mm. And they've they've I mean obviously Bayern Munich won the how many times have they won it seven times. They've yeah. been like a top European team since well forever, but since the seventies, um, and never really have never really dropped out of that. So, you know, I don't think ever, you know, I just, I wonder how maybe these things don't really come into play, but I sort of feel like there generally seems to be a consistency with having an identity as a big team and performing well as a, as a big team. But on the subject of Bayern, um, obviously they've signed last week, Daya Upamakano. Do I mean we mentioned this before with their monopoly on the title? Like, do you, I mean, do you guys, I mentioned in this, in the chat, like, should there be, should there be something to stop this? What is quite obviously a very cynical transfer policy of always buying the best players in their league, which not only strengthens them, but weakens their mm. rivals. I mean, it may be a coincidence. Maybe they just want players who they know are proven in the league, but it does seem to me like it's a double whammy. Like you, yeah. you, you know, you spend money because I mean, even some of the players that they, like they they tried to get Sane before he went to Man City, I think. They tried to get Timo Werner. They tried to, they, they, they tried to get Ozil. 
you know Havertz as well. Yeah, Havertz as well. Like like they're always trying to do do this stuff and and should for the sake of the league, is it worth stepping in and like sort of just saying I don't know, putting like a limit on it and saying mm. like because I mean, what is it Lewandowski, Götze, Hummels, and particularly when Dortmund were that only yeah. team challenging them and they just kept nicking their their best player every year. It was like a Neuer. Uh, you know, loads of. I mean, there's just been too. There's been oh, too yeah. many to count. Do you guys think there should be any step in, or is it just look? They're free to buy whoever they want. I mean, you got to you got to appreciate that it's it's very clever. Some some guys obviously going right. We could, instead of going out of house of the league to look at players, let's you know look in house and it, it's essentially killing two birds with one stone. Mm. So. Bayern Munich are basically funding other clubs to be their youth teams. Yeah. And yeah. buying all these quality players, giving them money mm. to then sort of nurture other talent for them to, to then go and buy a later game. It's like, here's so, some money, we'll be back in five years. Yeah, literally, literally. It's <laughs> I mean it is is it's completely insane. But it's insane, but it's it's, it's insane and clever. Insane, didn't, yeah. Didn't they do that with? Wasn't that an actual thing with Dortmund? I, I, I feel like I read this a few years ago. I don't know whether it's true or not, but I heard that Dortmund were going to go out of business or were going to, you know, be uh, bankrupt or something, and then Bayern bailed them out. But then because of that, there was a kind of a sort of underhanded agreement that we can take any player. Yeah, I was. I think that was why. Was it? Oh, who was it? Yeah, it was like that. We're going to sort of take you. And then it was mad. They sort of got Hummels really easily and got Lewandowski for a free and like. You know these sorts of play. Who are, there was another? Oh yeah, Mario Götze. And it was a bit like it's very weird for there's a oh, two horse yeah. race in Germany, and the second horse is seems to be overly keen on giving the first horse the, these players. And it felt a bit. And th- yeah, as you said, it feels like that kind of is some money. You know, loan shark is some money. Yeah. Go on, <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. Give us your best assets now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 clever, and if if an, it'll be interesting if another Bundesliga team does go through the same sort of you no know, bankruptcy or in debt, whether buying well start but, to monopolize their their competitors, which I guess in business you do. Well, Dortmund aren't exactly that. far away from that again, aren't they? They've, they've announced that the there is potential that they might be selling six of the big names of their squad to help, yeah. you know, generate funds for the club. So you never know. Yeah, you'd, you'd I imagine think the question. I think the question would be whether or not it's actually bad for the league for them to do that. What, so, I mean, by, all, you're, by all you're really doing is keeping right. this money in the league. You're not strengthening any European competitor. You're strengthening uh, the, the domestic ones. You're strengthening yourself from buying these players. Yeah. And you're buying these players for a lot of money from the competitors in the league, which will essentially allow them to buy from wherever they want. Yeah. But, I mean, Bayern Munich are very... You know that they are a place that players would want to go to if you're in that league. They are the the biggest yeah. name in that league, so you can't really blame them for wanting to go there for one. Because I know Macano, he had a lot of choices to make as to whether where he went, and he chose to go to Bayern. He didn't he didn't choose anywhere else that was in for him. He chose to go to Bayern. Yeah, no, I take so, I, I mean, take your point that that. that... It's it, it's not uh, yeah these moves aren't strange moves I mean generally you know like when Man United were the were the biggest team in England it was like well if you're a good player in the Prem you get to you know you'll end up at Man United or whatever still the case like that in in Spain I guess but I don't know that I don't know whether you, I mean you, you can say I, I take your point that the money's staying in the league and financially you know technically speaking it is keeping those teams strengthened but in reality like if it, football will tell you if you if you just watch it that you, if a team gets a good player and then they sell him unless they're very shrewd the the money they spent to replace that player doesn't been is not spent in the same way they they don't it's not like well you you sell a player for 50 million then you spend 25 million on two players to replace him it, it doesn't mean that your team is now well, you 50 million out, 50 million in, it's the same. You, you, the team gets worse. I mean, yes, the money's staying there, but the but Bayern are fairly legally crippling the crippling the competition by doing this. Yeah, but I mean, that's only because they're the biggest club there. I mean, if you look at they're, they're, you look they're at prolonging the they're prolonging their club. I guess the point is that they don't with that sort of method, it doesn't give the chance for the Bundesliga to become like the Premier League now, where you have six, yeah. seven, eight 
teams competing. I think that's Harry's point. That if you're just buying the best talent, you're basically just stocking up and making sure that you're up here and everyone else remains down there. So, but yeah, like, yeah, it, that's that's because they're in a place to do it. If you if you look at the Premier League, right? Uh, even this season, you have uh, well, this season, last season, or just over the last few years, for instance, like Leicester win the title, right? Yeah, all the big clubs in England immediately start poaching their players. You know, even yes. even the season, like but Harry Maguire true. went to Man United from true. Leicester. Ben Chilwell to Chelsea. I I think it highlights Mares, in one case, true because but, one but, club doing it. But, not, but, Le- not but, Les- but Leicester were making that um, making a big jump from from a from a club with with not a lot of money and not you know without that status and 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 they generally were that kind of they a, a lot of these players they bought with a view of saying we buy them their value is going to grow and we'll sell them on. But for example. Tottenham would not if you put Tottenham in the in the Bundesliga there's no way Harry Kane would would still be at Tottenham if he was there he'd have been at Bayern years ago Gerrard would never have stayed at Liverpool it's those sorts of teams and as I think they, they, Egby's right like, I take your point actually I think you know obviously that still does happen in the Prem but if you know it's it's not it's not Bayern Munich taking um, FC Köln's best player it's them taking you know Dortmund and and Leipzig and the the teams around them. It's like Man United getting Gerard. I mean, I suppose you know they, there was a time when it happened, but teams in the Prem can that aren't winning the league and are looking to challenge the establishment can hold on to their big players. And you can only say that's better for the league. I mean, I know from a business perspective, there's nothing wrong with you know teams getting a monopoly, but surely if football can't be treated purely as a business like that. Hmm. Well, I mean, maybe that's a credit to the actual standard of the league as well. The Prem or the Bundesliga? The Bundesliga. Because if there was so much talent oozing out of all these individual teams, Bayern Munich couldn't sign every single player. Just watch them. (laughs) Just just (laughs) watch watch it take over. (laughs) We go, we head back to room 343. Um, So, yes, it's basically room 101, but for football things that annoy us we all have a good moan so we'll have another round shall we um is there anyone that is absolutely gagging and would like to go first i mean there's two fellas jumping about on the screen a little bit ash is looking like he's oozing (laughs) oozing with a a pet peeve (laughs) okay go on ash so i'll go first then um right before i say this i want to say i have no prejudice regardless of anyone's age, uh, sexuality, race, anything like that. I have, like, if you're a human, you're a human and I love you. You know, it's going to be controversial when you start with a disclaimer. Yeah, that's what I say. Maybe maybe you should have gone last, Ash. I do not like foreign people. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't. Now I'll add the, the actual body to that. But that, that, that statement is is the is what I'm rolling with. Um, okay. So I'm in a lot of uh, Tottenham fan groups on Facebook, right. and it is it is completely filled with people who have English as a second language. And there's nothing against that. And I love the fact that there's Tottenham fans all over the world, and that's brilliant and fantastic. However, it gets to a point where there are so many stupid, pointless or nonsensical posts being posted, uh, it just really grinds my gears because there's no, like, detailed, like, analytics or anything like that going on. It's just stupid, stupid stuff. Like, like people just wanted to say something. Like, there was one that really pushed me over the edge last night, and that's why I'm saying this now. It was, um, guys, Henry Kane is Corey's best player. You agree? So, uh, so your your issue is with non-English speaking people in. Is it specific to like social media comment sections? Yeah, like just social media. Like, I, yeah. I, like if you're a fan of like Tottenham, that's brilliant and fantastic. Yeah. I don't mind. I've got, but it's just there's a solution. It's just the sheer amount of like pointless posts that I see, which are like very broken English. No one can reply to them. Yeah, and it's just, it it just there's nothing to it. It's there's there's nothing there. I mean. There's a solution. Well, I, I I, I, this sounds really awful, but now I'm actually saying it. it sounded better in my head. This sounds awful. I'm an awful person. There's but, a solution, Ash. Just take yourself out of the groups. 
yeah, but I want to be in the groups. I'm not know, know, in the groups. If, if, if it's fair, if they commented in their own language to avoid the broken English, like, do you legit, do you actually want to hear what they say, but in a cohesive, coherent way, or do you not care and you'll rather they do it in a language you don't understand so you don't really have to face it? No, I mean, I think it's, it's more of a, well, I, I know for a fact that there is a fan group for their country. Oh man, this sounds bad. But no, keep going. I, I know I, this isn't that. It's not. This we 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 we've conditioned ourselves now to say that anything against another country or race or anything like that is is somehow horrible and wrong. But you, it's okay to say that. It feels I don't, awful, I don't understand. It. I don't understand wrong, that person's it. language. It's okay to say that. But it's it's like, wasn't in the contract. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like I, right. So for instance, I, I know that there are like dedicated fan groups for their country in their like their their, their language. So wouldn't they be better off by being in those groups and talking in those groups with people who can understand them where they can express themselves better in the first place? I think so, yeah. Yeah, but, but you got, got to think well, though as well. Because they want to like, connect with their English counterparts. You guys both have yeah, of course, of course, but... shared love. So it's like them enthusiastic about sharing yeah. this sort of shared love. Thing. Experience. Oh, they they yeah. called Harry Kane yeah. Henry Kane. And okay. their Spurs are called Coyes. Ash, surely, Ash. surely you could look past that and be like, okay, I see the bigger picture. Yes, you spell it incorrectly. Yes, that's annoying, but surely focus on, oh my word, look how far reaching Tottenham's like fan service is. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And it is, it is fantastic. <laughs> but no, okay, 80% of all the posts are like this in the group. Well, okay. It's like, I just want to have, have, have a conversation then. with someone about a game that's just happened. Why don't we flip it then? Why don't we say that you're a Barcelona fan and you join a Barcelona uh, group and maybe because you didn't put the accent on, on the right E or something. You might, you know, have, you might have the similar effect on some Spanish, um, you know, fans that are in that group. This guy can't even put an I accent on the e. in Spanish. <laughs> no, I no, think, no, 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 no. I, I don't think it's just a language issue that Ash is complaining about. I think it's like a kind of the context uh, of a knowledge which... deficiency. So, like right. th- these people maybe don't just. It's not just the fact that they don't speak the same language. I mean, that's that is one of the issues. But like. If so, I get quite frustrated sometimes. You know how like the new camp is such a um, tourist attraction, and sometimes when you watch Barcelona games, like particularly their league games, and they score a goal, like forty percent of the crowd don't even they just sort of clap, and you just think that it must just the majority of them be tourists. And okay, as you say, Dave, it's like fantastic that you can share football, with, you know, with so many people, far-reaching, and blah 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 blah. But it is a bit of a shame when these sort these sort of places get diluted with people who aren't really you know fans that fans. just want to be yeah. in on, they just want to have a, a quick fix and of an experience i guess it would be better if like because social media is such a new thing there's not really like i guess ash for you it would be about finding the right forums to do to have the because because twitter facebook instagram they're so open-ended anyone can access them i've got two points the first one is the okay that the harry the henry kane thing i think they I feel like when it's broadcasted to those far-reaching countries, they're pronouncing those names not in English, but with their own biased sort of language or accent. And so him saying he might legit think he's... <laughs> not, he might, no way for you go, they will say Harry is Henry. Because that's Come on. What, well, that's what, how the pundits potentially might be saying. And secondly, couldn't they say the same about your butchering of certain names like Bergewine? So you could be like, maybe they could be listening to this podcast and you're saying... I say back clean every time. Or there could be another name that you're completely... I make sure all my pronunciation is actually spot on. And I, I think pronunciation is, is different from, from spelling. Like if you're, if, if you're a proper fan, granted, okay, maybe you, you have limited access to the internet or something and you, maybe you've not seen the word written down. But an English person could absolutely get the... That misspell uh sorry um pronounce Bergwine wrong but they wouldn't you know that i mean i don't know maybe actually maybe not maybe they would spell it wrong maybe some people would spell it wrong i just think who's, that... who's the commentator that always says bruno Fernandes and kevin de bruyne yeah, that's my yeah, point Fernandes is you're you're hearing the pronunciation of a name by a, someone who speaks your language who may pronounce it incorrectly i think that's my point you're hearing a second-hand <laughs> knowledge from someone mm. who isn't so that's obviously going to be passed down so if he 
if he's they say Harry Kane is Henry Kane, you're going to think it's Henry, and you're going to be like, oh, I love Henry Kane. Every comment is like that. Well, what would your solution be then, Ash? Would it yeah. be just stick to your own? Well, no, not even, not even that. I mean, like, see, I've, I've already, my gripes is I've already given him where you people. came from. I've given him the solution. Just leave the group. The, the, it's not, it's not the people that are posting these things that are annoying me because obviously they're just trying to get involved. But I, there's been times where I've tried to post something on there and it's not been allowed. <laughs> Like, so there's there's people moderating this, and the people that are moderating this are seeing these posts. I'm like, yeah, Henry Kane. I know I manage a Spurs page with like eight hundred thousand fucking viewers, but I'm gonna put this post up that says Henry Kane is the good striker of Scotties. You agree, guys? So you're real. But he's, but he's not gonna post my in-depth analysis of Harry Wink's performance. Is, no, is that is that on a Spurs chat? That's yeah. So I mean, I mean, I I, mean, I sort of agree. Like, I mean, first, even if he spelt Harry Kane right, if he says Harry Kane is good striker for Tottenham, guys, what do you think, guys? I'd be like, that's the most boring statement I've ever heard. Get them. Yeah, up, but he didn't say Tottenham. He said Coys. No, he exactly. And uh, may, maybe, maybe <laughs> the solution is is I mean, you know, sort of what Rose said, but but extending that is just to kind of find or establish um, more a kind of more of a hierarchical you know let 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 people if they want have have a kind of forum where they can just post whatever they want but maybe if you you need to find somewhere that's you know a proper place for proper but you just want to have like like-minded people and someone who who thinks it's worthy misspelling harry kane's name and saying he is good striker right guys that's not someone you'd ever want to have a conversation with ash i'm guessing so i guess you just need to find somewhere that you'll just have people who are like you so it's more better for you right my pet peeve is stoppage time. Okay. Get rid of it. Pause Pause the timer when the ball goes out of play, when there's a foul, uh, even more so now with VAR. Because everyone complains saying, oh, it's been five minutes and they've only put two minutes up. And it, VAR took longer than that. Pause the timer. Give them 90 minutes. Just yeah. 90 minutes. End of story. You can't say, oh, Fergie time anymore. Or Would you pause it when the ball's out for throwing then? As well? Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I like this. I've often wondered this because, I mean, obviously they, they do it in other rugby. It does not ever become a problem and stuff. Nope. And, and I, I learned re- somewhere that apparently the, the, the amount of time the ball is actually in play is something like 81 minutes because of all these little throwing you know goes out for a throwing and you think it comes back on straight away but often it's like 10 15 seconds or free kicks you know like i think the things. smallest amount that uh, they reported i think i think i've heard this was a burnley match a few years ago and i think it was 72 minutes the ball was oh, in breath yeah i think I mean, even less than that maybe it's sort oh, of i think on... it was like 50 or something it was something stupid it was like just over a half like just over one half of football oh, the ball was in play for and yeah, you can really abuse it, and teams do abuse it, especially in like the ending, the dying parts of games, where obviously they're waiting there to take a free yeah. kick. They wait for like, yeah, you know, about like a minute if they can. The goalkeeper's there taking grass out of his studs, banging his studs on the on the goalpost yeah. before he's taking a free kick, stuff like that. Yeah, got all that crap. Yeah, yeah, it would it would st- it would stop. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they why they don't consider doing it really. Just given that I, there's nothing I can think of that's like an obvious reason why why they why they're not. Uh, no, I just I just like the the more I think about it, the more it just makes sense just to literally have ninety minutes where the ball is on the field. I, I guess you couldn't really control how long the game's actually going on for then, though. Or maybe it'd be far too short. <laughs> maybe all these stoppages. I don't know. Could you I suppose if, because if when... you have to play ninety minutes regardless, you might run over your or airtime on the actual channel by like 20 minutes. Yeah, I suppose that'll be a main thing because I know that when it's um, when it's half time, when it's half time, they all have timers in the um, in the changing rooms, and they all have to be back out within a certain time. Otherwise, they get fined by the TV companies because they they're not ready to be uh, continuing the match within a certain time. So maybe mm. that's that's one of the reasons why it hasn't gone through as of yet. Yeah, if now that I, you mention it, that seems to be the only reason. Because you're right, that would be a big. If you know, because if there was a let, let's say there was an injury or something, I mean, I suppose they play they add they add the time on, don't they? If there's a massive yeah. injury, but yeah, but they don't add all of it. That's the thing. And these large checks, they don't add all of it. 
No. So like Rob was saying, if a bar check takes about five minutes, they'll generally have about two on. But if you're doing that a few times, there's a big injury, then you're you're suddenly having to make up like 20 minutes or 30 minutes even yeah. of just all these little stoppages that like, you know, you run run right over the post match like review. You run right over that and into like Coronation Street or something. Anyway, um my pet peeve is um it's it's regarding free kicks being given for a high foot. And it's when players put their head down. I think the rule should be if your head goes down, then you are risking getting kicked in the face. And if you get kicked, if your head is near the ball and you get a kick in the face, then that's your own effing fault. I think it's yep. so annoying, so annoying when referees blow. I, like one of the one of the biggest um, sufferers of this was Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch. Yeah, because he was so much taller than everybody else, and obviously, like you know, he would constantly get like he'd just be controlling things that were people's people's heights, and that's a bit different because I guess with most most of the time, you know, his his foot could be at a dangerous height, but generally. It's you're playing football, lads. If you're jumping for a header and you're meeting a foot, then yes, that is a high foot. Or if you, you know, whatever, if you're playing the ball with your head, but if your head's going down, that means another part of your body could be playing it. And I'm sorry, it's just, I, it really annoys me whenever they give free kicks for it. I'm no, just I, I agree. The reverse of like something like I absolutely rage. When, yeah. Anytime I see this. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that, th- th- this happened in the Chelsea Tottenham game, and I, and I instantly got on my phone and wrote it down. I was like, "Right, this is coming up next time we do pet peeve." <laughs> me off because it just it, like because it's such an unnatural movement. Like, why would you go down like move your head? It's such a you know, you, you've got this, you've got this, this, this foot traveling at high speed with a lot of power with a few sharp-ish objects in it. I don't move your head towards it. It's a good <laughs> fucking idea, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I hate it. I, I cannot I, stand it, and I, I cannot believe that I didn't think of this pet peeve before <laughs> Harry did. Because I absolutely rage whenever I think anyone do this ever. Is that why you've not been sleeping well? Because this pet peeve in there. I got, yeah, yeah what, what I did it? best what was is this I, uh, I moved my head towards a big sandbag. <laughs> 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 but it it makes sense on a kind of safety basis, but it's just like it does, but that the begs the question: Where do you draw the line? Does John Terry's fish dive and yeah. against Slovenia in the World Cup is that should, if if a player was near him kicking the ball was that you know if you're crawling along the ground trying to head the ball say, yeah, if you, to the goal yeah. would that would you I'll get say you're, you're putting your you're, you're putting your safety into your own hands at that point? I think yeah. you should, that should be taken away from the referees, and I don't think a player should be punished if he does make contact with your face or head. If you're bringing it down towards his foot, I agree. Because I'm not really funny. You have more control over the top part of your torso than he does in his foot in one leg. Like, if if you're bringing yourself down to that, you should be punished, not him. Yeah. Especially if you hurt him. No, from I your agree. own stupidity. I agree. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just you've done something. Yeah, you've made. Like a you bad. said, if, if your if your head's going forward and you're going down, play it with something else. And and most most of the time, obviously, I think you could, you you could be like nicked in the eye and blah 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 blah. But most of the time, you're not getting huge swings of the foot. It's like you know, often it's like it would just be someone trying to tap the ball past you. That the most you you, threat. I mean, okay, it, it's not the most safe thing, but football's not a, a an absolutely safe game. You know, you're running at full speed, getting your legs hacked away. I mean, I've got Salah, like poor bloke. He's always going through it. <laughs> Yeah, mate screams and falls over. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he's not lost the leg. Uh, go on, Dave. You can finish us off. Finish you. Um, my pet peeve is zonal marking. So right. So this is um off the back end um of uh, the Arsenal Leeds game. So Leeds have a corner. David Luiz is, I imagine, marking sort of the edge of the six-yard box. Mm. Kaya Saka is marking Struich, the um, lead. So he's obviously marking his area, his zone. Um, and Struich bypasses Saka and has a run on David Luiz and scores. So that was... So my... So that's my annoyance that when it comes to zone of market, it seems that the bigger players of the opposing team seem to have a run up. Obviously, if you do your job well, so Sack would have marked him better, 
he maybe wouldn't have scored. But the fact that you're putting Saka against a, a centre-back against a right-winger, someone who mm. isn't early dominant, someone who doesn't have that awareness, and then allowing that player to then have a run-up on David Luiz, I just think just stick to man-marking, get David Luiz to mark Stuart, get Saka to mark another smaller or shorter player, someone who isn't early dominant. And mm. nine times out of ten, you don't concede. I think with if you're man marking, uh, I think a lot of the time you're kind of playing into the opposition's hands, so you're giving them a lot of control about where they can and can't be in the box. So I mean, I, I kind of like zonal marking in, in that regard, but I, th- I think in terms of, I, I mean, I saw the Arsenal one. I didn't watch the full game. But I did see that goal. Yeah, it did, it did you, look a bit weird. Couldn't you say that it's due to obviously tactics as as a team for? You know Arsenal, but then for the other team as well, it's good tactics that to confuse the defenders. Maybe, but I think just for me, I just maybe I'm old-fashioned in that sense. I just like it when, if I mean, we do on football manager as well. I want my tall players to be marking other tall players. Mm. I want there to be some equality and and give almost give my team a chance because if I'm saying Saka, you mark that really tall centre back, that that feels like an advantage for the opposition in my. So would you say that yours is more uh, specific to like set pieces rather than like in like mo- like the balls in play? Yeah, it'll be yeah yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want Saka marking a centre back anyway, but yeah, it's obviously when it comes to set pieces, so you, that's only when you really utilise on a marking. I think in set pieces, so especially corners. Yeah. So when a corner comes in, I would say David Luiz, you mark a tall player soon. Gabriel, you mark maybe their other centre back. Yeah. Obviously, it can get a bit more complicated, let's say, if you've got a tall striker. But generally, you don't really see a lot of tall strikers nowadays. But... What, what is what is the theory behind zonal marking? Because I, mean, I agree with you on this. Like, I, I've, Man marking just seems to make more sense. Well, it's, it's, it's like you look, at, you look at the areas in the box where a goal is most likely scored and yeah. you put your best players Early to defend it in those areas. And I, and I guess it, it also means that rather... Because I, I, the one... Other than that, the one other pro I can see from it is rather than because I guess with man marking, you're being very reactive. You're just kind of you're focusing on the you're focusing on one player. So generally, he knows where he's going to move before you know where he's going to move. So I guess yeah. it always kind of feels like you're one step behind with him. Whereas with zonal yeah. marking, and then you he, can he just can go wherever he wants. Zonal marking, yeah. you're looking at the ball, not the player. Zonal marking, yeah, you're looking just... at the flight of the ball coming in, and the yeah. player can see both, and then sort of arc out his his run and where he because if he sees David Luiz is marking the yeah. front of the six yard box <clears throat> I'm going to move to the back of the six yard box I'm going to so it's I mean there's obviously advantages and disadvantages yeah, but that. I mean I, f- I feel like if if it, it, did you have Saka on the front post did you say I think I'd know we had Saka quite literally I think marking probably I don't know in, in between the six and obviously the eighteen yard box, so marking that zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say probably he's in the wrong. He's marking the wrong zone for him more than he's marking the wrong person. You know, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I just I, think I, I, I don't know if it's the 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 fact that you weren't man marking or the fact that some players maybe weren't in the right position for them in that place, or maybe they were in the right position earlier. Leeds have clocked onto that and then moved around. Where they're running even if Saka marks a good area, he's not <clears> he's <throat> not going to have that aerial dominance. He's not he's, he's marking a guy that's six exactly. So I don't think he should be in, in there really anyway. He should well, be I don't think ready I for a counter. Hope they run. I disagree about zones, and mm. I think if if Saka you surely if Saka's marking a zone, you're going to attack that zone as a yeah. You can you can target the you'll, you'll target the shorter guy marking a zone. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it just allows you to be a lot more structured as well. I guess, like, if if you know exactly where you need to be, like, not only like, I, I think quite analytically and very structured yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I, I I would prefer it to know where everyone is, know where all my teammates are, like, yeah. know the only places they can come in from, kind of thing, instead of just oh, I'm following, I'm running around after this man. Yeah, I wonder like where you, he's going to go can, next. Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. You can kind of approach it from a kind of more as you say, structured way, you can go, well, I can kind of plan a bit a bit better. Right, I, could, I could run around after you or I could block yeah. you off here. Tottenham did, this, you want to did this for a while. Like under under early years of Poch, I, I seem to remember there was like a period when you when you were zonal marking. And, and uh, it vividly sticks out in my head. A, a couple of goals happened where 
it wasn't so much that other teams targeted smaller players necessarily, but it was like you had this kind of bank of Tottenham players all equidistant from each other. And then team teams just started packing like they would have, you know, the first four Tottenham players would have no one near them. And then the back and then, would and have then like the, 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the back one would have six players around him and then the ball would be chucked in there. And then it would just, and that just sort of felt like, well, obviously in that situation, surely you just sod the zonal mark and just tell people to run to the back post. Yeah, right? yeah. You'd expect that to be on the players though, wouldn't you? It's like, yeah. you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're playing football and everyone's trying, I've got two here. I've got yeah. two here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So run back in. Man of the back, They've moved. That was always me because people people kept looking at the tall, tallest besides for the listeners. I am six foot five. I kept seeing anyone tall and would just go, oh, Harry, Harry, I'll give him to Harry. Harry have it. <laughs> so I'd end up with like four blokes that I'd be I'd be supposedly marking. And then, and then as the corner's coming in, I'm just dragging, grabbing people's shirts and pulling them in, pulling them in. Uh, I, got I like free, I got a free kick that once on corners at the moment where he's got Harry Kane basically zonally marking the penalty spot. Yeah, on his he's, good at, he's good at that, isn't he? Just, I mean, he's, yeah, I always wondered why strikers don't get used for that more often. You know, did you not see that? Uh, I don't know what league it was in, but basically, yes, all, I think I know what you're. About all the say. players came running in from from one side of the corner box, so where the corner was being taken. They had like all the players that were going into the box. So as yeah. the player was like, right, I'm going to start walking now. All the attacking players just started running into the box, and it just timed it perfectly. <laughs> just oh, like what? There's in the, they were on the edge of the box. Yeah, uh, they're on the edge then, of the box. Oh, oh, <laughs> and, they, and then oh. they they sprinted in and all ended up on the penalty spot as the ball yeah. was landing. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they all like it looked like so they the, didn't know what they were doing. Like the defending no, team had no, no idea what yeah, was going yeah. on. It was like they almost scored, they didn't score from it, I don't think. I don't no. think they scored from it, but they uh, really nearly did. It was like a wall just running towards the box. <laughs> and then as soon as he entered, it's like, okay, scatter. <laughs> what did you guys think of England's set pieces during the World Cup? You know, that sort of like the love I mean, we scored we scored from a few. So yeah. We scored quite a lot. So I think love trying. Right. Yeah, no, it was good. It was that's, that's why I had James Ward Prowse in my England eleven, just just for the just for them that voted for the dead balls. I think it only worked so well because no one expected it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's the nature, isn't it? You can you could do that mad everyone run into the centre when he's kicked it thing, but you you couldn't do that every time because then it would people would just work out. Well, I, think, I mean, but you if, could do, but if you had it up your sleeve and you had a few little. Right, next time only to we, do you know what I mean? It would yeah. you could you could make it work, maybe. I'd love to see England try that. Like I mean like a formation like red arrows coming in from one side into the box. <laughs> Harry Maguire! Harry Bam. Maguire's still a bit further back because he's a bit slower than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the edge of the box. <laughs> Blimey. Um but yeah, well don't corners from the date outside the box. <laughs> We were recapping. Yes, so we had. Well, mine was racism. Yours was <laughs> so. Pro, was was pro racism. Was foreign <laughs> supporters included in, you know, every Misspelling. online for forum and racism. Um, <laughs> uh, Row, yours was. Um, stoppage time. Just stoppage get rid of time. It. Getting rid of stoppage time. Eradication of stoppage. Mine was high foots and why if you bend your head you should never be allowed to get a free kick for it. And Eggby's was zonal marking. Clyton. Can someone vote for mine? So I don't feel as Eggby. Can you vote for mine? So I don't get paid. I'm probably the, right person, the last person. Who <laughs> I Why? do say Henry King. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to start off by saying I don't, to be honest. But I, I said I like Rose a lot, and I would be very happy to do to do that. But I wouldn't ever say it was a pet peeve of mine. I don't get annoyed with stoppage time. But if if it came in, I would be like, yep, yeah, I'd be I'd be all for that. But I never find myself like, oh, this is really like. I, sometimes I do, but not not much. Um, Similar sort, of, similar sort of thing to you to, with with Dave. Like I, I sort of think like um, your your um, zonal marking again is something I, I sort of think. Yeah, do you know what man marking is better, but it's not something that annoys me. Um, 
so I am actually going to vote for Ash's one. As, as crazy as it sounds, and I'm not, and I'm not just doing it to to because you know, to make you feel better. It's because I, I do sometimes. I got you know, like I've got I'm on I'm on social media for my work a lot, and, it, and I, I look. I, I do think that you just need to find better forums, mate. In all honesty, but yeah. it, it does annoy me that like so some this, of is these, a, this is a pity vote. It's not because it's the one that I I would say is a pet and I'm not saying that I think that that we should have segregate racially segregated. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I know that's what you're suggesting, but I, I do think that that it is annoying. It does it is annoying when when you know you, you you sort of have a you have a good online discussion area that gets completely diluted with just crap, just nothing, and it and that is annoying. You know. As your words might not say, but your vote does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for the the online forums stuff. Chelsea fan. Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. voting for Harry's because I I agree that's one that which is the so yours is so the, the, yeah. you're putting a player's putting himself at risk by putting his head as low as a foot can go, and that yeah. player who's putting his foot at a reasonable height shouldn't be penalised for it. I'm gonna vote for Harry's because it literally infuriates me and fills me with a, a white hot burning rage when I see it. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna have to be the hat trick of this and also vote for Harry's as well. Oh, I think we've had one of them. Yes, Woo! universal. Unanimous. So, congratulations to uh, what? Do you, what did I describe it as? What do you? Um... <laughs> Head hey, down. Divers that you yeah. always prefer of yours, sorry. Head <laughs> so, down, foots up. I mean, head down, foots up. Uh, yeah, like, um, yeah. What? Sorry, I need, I need a line for the. I need a line. <laughs> Give me a line. Um, sorry. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I need. Uh, yeah, I need a line. I need a line. <laughs> Seriously, I'm fucking shit. Where's my cue? <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, going into room 343 officially is giving free kicks for a high foot when players put their head down. And that's that. Thank you very much once again for joining us. Uh, feel free to give us a follow, give us a like uh, on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Edge of the Box Pod. Feel free to let us know what your footballing pet peeves are, because we've all got some, haven't we? We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.